I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome to Motivation Monday. Today, my message is don't wait for others. (laughs) And this message is inspired by my own journey and things that I've recognized. So I'd like to approach this wisdom from two perspectives, a creative perspective and a spiritual one. So from a creative perspective, I'm reminded of when I was working on my first book, Meditative Questions, and I decided that I was just going to create my own publishing company and hire designers and produce it myself, which is a very uh, crazy (laughs) and big decision that I don't regret. It was a wonderful process and it definitely taught me so much. But in that process, I definitely had moments of confusion and overwhelm where I wasn't sure what to do. And one particular instance was working on the book cover So I went through a lot of iterations with my designers and ultimately found the cover art that I'd purchased from a professional photographer of an ocean scene from Bali where I'd completed the book. So it had a lot of meaning to me. And even my designers were, I I think I mentioned this before, were arguing with me that maybe for meditative questions, I needed a more calm scene but I felt within my, my being that, no, this was the right image because meditation is both calm and quite powerful. And I thought the wave really pulled that together. So when working on this cover, I had my designers mock up a few different placements of the title. And we tried different sizes and different locations, but literally nothing felt right. I went through, I think, probably 10 iterations with them. And it's quite expensive when you're paying by the hour (laughs) for very professional and um, wonderful design services. It wasn't wasn't inexpensive. So there was a point where I thought, okay, I I know I want to get this right, but it's not coming together. And on my bookshelf, I had a book by a famous graphic designer named... Chip Kidd, who was known for his design of the Jurassic Park cover, and he's done tons of other book covers, but that's what stood out in my mind, is that cover was phenomenal, and I thought maybe I could get him, I could hire him to work on this cover. So I took the bold step of looking him up online finding a phone number and actually calling it. And to my shock and surprise, even all these years later, he actually answered the phone. (laughs) And his first question was, how did you get this number? After I told him, you know, that I was wanting to hire him for, for services, for book design services. And I told him I found it online. He was like, oh, wow. He said, so, well, I'll tell you that unfortunately, you know, he's committed to a publisher And he no longer did any freelance work, but he said, I'll give you this advice, no charge. (laughs) And I said, please, I'd be happy to get it. And so he told me, find 
a cover that you really love and analyze it. What is it about that cover that makes it special, that makes it stand out, that makes it work for you? And he said, I know that seems really obvious, but go and look at lots of book covers of books that you love around your house and see what what comes to you. So I thanked him and followed his advice. And I actually went to my own coffee table and I had books by one of my favorite photographers, Steve McCurry, on the table and I looked at his covers and one of the beautiful things was that he used photography images for the cover as I had chosen to do. And what stood out is that his titles spanned the entire width of the cover. They were bold and they somehow stood out against the backdrop of the cover. And so something clicked and I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to enlarge the size of the title so it fits the whole width of the book, which seems really obvious. But I can tell you that out of all of those 10 iterations that I did for my cover, nothing was clicking. I was, you know, not seeing that I needed to enlarge in the size of the title. So that advice from Chip was so valuable and I used it for my cover and was very pleased with the result and definitely applied his wisdom to the creation of my other books because I feel that there's so much there's so much out there. There's so much beautiful art. There's so many wonderful books that we can gain inspiration. And for each of my books before I publish them, I tend to just walk around bookstore and pick up books, especially in the section that I feel my book would belong in, and get a vibration. I want to imagine my book on those shelves as well. So the the wisdom, the takeaway from that experience is that when you go it alone, help comes. As you start on your creative process and you are committed to your cause and, and, you, and you don't give up, the universe sends help. You know, I could not have imagined that Chip would answer the phone. I thought, well, maybe by some luck I'll leave a message that he'll maybe one day hear. <laughs> but he actually answered and I got real-time advice that I utilized to create my book. So when you, when you go forward and you don't wait, then help comes to you and your creations just, yeah, they, they just manifest. And you have to have that, you just have to have that faith that everything is going to come together. And it's through walking the path and continuing forward that I think shows the universe of your willingness to carry on and then that support and help comes to you. So, you know, don't wait for someone else to get started. Start your process, work on everything that you can, learn as much as you can, do as much as you can on your own. And then as you need support and help, seek that out and you'll find that your journey will be supported. And now that I think of my own process with my first, second, and third book, by the time I got to my third book, I had my designer lay everything out, but then I eventually taught myself with his help how to 
use the software so with my next book I could technically do it myself. So it's there's there's a progression that occurs and there's a lot of benefit in learning from persons who have spent years and years and years and countless hours perfecting their craft until you get to a, a, a place where you've done that too. So don't wait for others. Move, keep going, and help will arrive as you need it. So from the spiritual perspective, I thought of the story from the the Katha Upanishad, where Nashatakis is the main character, and he is having a conversation with death. And in this conversation, death is offering him anything he wants, untold wealth, fame, fortune, whatever his heart desires, woman of his dreams, anything that he wants, he can have instead of answering the question, how does one live beyond death? And so when I thought of this story, I thought of our own, our own lives. Just imagine you're on a path and you have a fork in the road and you have the option of getting everything that you ever dreamed of, fame, fortune, the love of your life, all of the trappings, the home, uh, the vehicles, the whatever it is that you want, you have, you can get that. The other path is unnameable freedom, peace, and joy. This decision is difficult on its own, just for you. Now imagine you have a partner with you, and you're at that fork in the road, and you and your partner have to decide which path to choose, that you can live together in this beautiful life where everything you want and desire manifests, or you can have this peace and freedom and joy. From my perspective, I think that decision is made immeasurably more difficult when you have someone else that you're making it with. Because I can imagine a partner saying, let's just enjoy. Let's live our lives and have everything that we want. Have that home and those vehicles and the second homes and third homes and everything that we want on this path will be known, will be famous, will be able to help others. That is a very alluring option. Who could say no to that? And then imagine just on the other side that there's just this, this offer for peace and freedom and joy. That doesn't seem as appealing, especially when you have someone that you love next to you. You're thinking, well, we can, we can create that peace, joy, and freedom in this first path. We'll have everything we want and we'll be able to live free. But the reality is attachments and this transient experience as the person is unstable. It is not infinite. It is a finite experience where we know fundamentally that as we are born, we also die. 
all of the things that we enjoy will one day go away. And perhaps they'll be replaced by something else, but there's no end to the change in this changing existence of the person. So the second path is the path of the infinite, where you recognize your position as the self. And this does not seem as alluring, right? It doesn't seem as alluring, especially if you're trying to take someone with you. So the best advice I can say is you start on that journey on your own. Don't don't wait for someone else to agree that this is the path that you need to take. As you start that journey of recognizing what you truly are, the right people and the right support will present itself to you. As you decide you want to be free, the right master, the right teachings will automatically come into your path. You don't have to do anything. So this is a very, you know, I would say it's the journey less traveled, right? It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult mental decision to make because we don't see how we can leave everything behind. We want to take all of that stuff with us and then also have freedom. <laughs> but the path of the infinite is saying you have to recognize your beingness beyond all of those transitory things, including the body. All of your possessions, all of your relationships, your things, you have to be able to put them aside, even for a moment, right? You don't necessarily have to go the monastic life and just be with your robe, but you have to be willing to explore what your beingness is beyond the realm of things, the realm of name and forms. To experience true freedom, joy, and peace beyond measure, you have to embrace your identity as the changeless. And so that necessarily means that all of those changing things of personhood, you have to put them down for a minute because those are not what you truly are. So this path of peace and of that eternal freedom, the price is this decision. And it doesn't mean that you have to make that decision forever and always, but you have to be willing to make that choice to explore this realm of non-attachment, even to the person, to recognize your true nature. And if you're trying to take everyone with you, you won't really get past that fork in the road (laughs) because most people want to go the way of the glitter and glam, right? The life that includes everything you always wanted. Who wouldn't take that? It's only when I think you've had a taste of that, you've experienced the life that you were content with. Maybe it didn't include all of those you know, all of those aspects, but you were content enough that you recognize there's something beyond even that. And when that recognition comes, it's easier to move down the path of awakening. And I think that's what perhaps the Buddha experienced. And that'll be our feature for this 
Wisdom Wednesday, and we'll talk more about that. But I definitely feel that as you're exploring either your creative path or spiritual path, know within yourself that you have to start it alone. You may not finish alone, but you have to start it alone. And through that willingness to go down the path and make decisions that are either looking to create something or to reach ultimate liberation, you will be supported. Divine help will come to you. Muji often says, life takes care of life. And I find that to be true. You will get what you need to make it. So just to start, don't wait for anyone else. Take the first steps and your way will be paved in, in a manner that you cannot even anticipate. Leap and the net will appear. All will be well. So thank you for being here. Namaste.